This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dork Podcast. Hashtag Dorktober rolls on. We are back. Rich Keith, Ryan Davey, Uncle Buck, all in studio. How about Once that? Once again, another Dorktober miracle. Two straight weeks of in-studio action. Can you guys believe it? I just haven't found the, the door out. That's my problem. What is, well, none of us have. <laughs> uh, a little peek behind the curtain. It is the same goddamn day as the last episode. I know it's a week in podcast time, but it is merely minutes in real life time. Should we make predictions, perhaps, on what's going to happen? This week in the Now, again, a lot can change. I'm going to go out and say, uh, oh, my God. Now, a hashtag dork news flash. This just into the hashtag dork studios. Harvey Weinstein has killed himself. Harvey Weinstein dead Whoa. at the age of however old. However old. <laughs> that, that was a pick of the pod, wasn't it? It was going to be. Sorry, yeah, Ryan. I, next I, week. I, I next jumped week. you there. Uh, my prediction for two weeks from now is the Commodore 64 Retro. The C sixty four mini, absolutely nobody bought it. Oh, so yeah. it's coming out. If you want to play uh, hundreds of Commodore sixty four games, uh, you're out of luck because it came out and no one bought it. It's so it's not it's not happening. Is there a uh, a buck future pick here? Uh, well, actually, the new uh, trailer for Justice League and Star Wars is out. The last final <laughs> new trailers. <laughs> And uh, there was a guy online that figured out if you put them all together, you can actually watch the whole movie. So now yes, there's no need. There's no spoilers. It's all just there. No, it's, the film has been released in trailer form. All right, let's get on to the topic du jour today. The list comes to a conclusion here today. It was a venture that uh, just a few short weeks ago we took upon us to find out what the top 50 horror movies are. We've had uh, 40 in the books. Do we do a recap of that or is that too much? Do we do a recap of that? Or is it too much? Well, just because we just did it doesn't mean everyone else would. Yeah, right. So just we bang it out real quick. All right, all right, all right, all right. Do it like the, the fast-talking teacher from Saved by the Bell. All right, I'll be the guy. The Micro Machines guy. Micro Machines guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. Number 50, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Number 49, The Devil's Rejects. 48, Sinister. 47, Candyman. 46, Dawn of the Dead. Original. 45, Get Out. 44, House on Haunted Hill. Original. 43, Green Room. 42, Don't Breathe. 41, Frankenstein. 40, Creep. 39, Session 9, 38, Frailty, 37, The Descent, 36, Last House on the Left, original, 35, The Mist, 34, Insidious, 33, Reanimator, 32, The Orphanage, 31, Saw, 30, The Babadook, 29, It Follows, 28, 7, 27, Audition, 26, Friday the 13th, 25, Scream, 24, The Others, 
23, The Blair Witch Project. 22, Dracula. 21, Rosemary's Baby. 20, Silence of the Lambs. Now, the top 19 were on all three of our lists. So these are the unanimous choices starting at number 19. An American Werewolf in London. 18, Hellraiser. 17, The Conjuring. 16, The Ring. 15, Let the Right One In. 14, The Cabin in the Woods. 13, The Thing. 12, Carrie. 11, 28 Days Later. And with number 10, it is my pick. It was not planned very well because... Now we just heard a lot of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 10, Psycho. Going with Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho from 1960. A Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote motel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. With a lot of horror movies, especially these iconic horror movies, they take something, like a, like a regular everyday thing, and they make it scary. I mentioned how the ring made yeah. uh, you know, the goddamn phone ringing scary. Mm-hmm. Well, Psycho made taking a shower scary. <laughs> it literally did. Like That shower scene is as uh, iconic as it gets. Also, I love, love the character that is Norman Bates. This list is filled with kind of monsters and like these otherworldly creatures, and they're all scary in their own way. Norman Bates is just a person, although he's aptly uh, a psycho. And he's got the dual personality where he's playing out the role of his mother. Uh, the mother every, anytime he wears the mother's clothing, it's terrifying. Yep. When he puts the wig and the dress on, he's just running through the house. And no, like watch it again. The way he runs is just very unsettling. But this is this movie stacks up there with any of them. Now, Peeping Tom came out I think just before Psycho. It has a lot of the same kind of things, but that one kind of gets buried. This one takes on uh, much more prominence really over the last, what has it been out for, 60 years. Uh, but Psycho, you really, you really can't go wrong with And another one of these movies, classic Alfred Hitchcock, a lot of this stuff is implied. A lot of it is done you know, off screen. So if you, you're afraid of blood and gore, you can still handle Psycho. So I'm, I've been married for almost eight years now, and my wife cannot for the life of her understand why I lock the door in the bathroom every time I go in the bathroom. <laughs> And I, what are you doing? It's a there? good excuse, actually. and that's yeah. her thing. She's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And I was like, "It's because, like, for, as a young kid, it's just habit. Like, I make sure I lock the door because I saw Psycho way too early than I should have, right? And you know, I just, I, I just do it now. Like, I just yeah. lock the door, and that's like ingrained, that's like imprinted on my brain that like someone's gonna come in the bathroom and scare the shit out. Hard of me. to forget. Hard to forget that moment. Yeah, when, you know, with the, with the Psycho stuff, but and, and the theme of. Uh, he, he, yeah. he, right? That's almost like the Jaws. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, it's those yeah. just a couple of notes, and you immediately you know, brings you right back to that. It is a little, um, I mean, it's Hitchcock. Hitchcock. It's Hitchcock. But it's <laughs> so it's a little on the slower side, but it's it was so well done leading up to. I mean, you don't meet Norman Bates until almost halfway through the movie. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like um, a serial killer came and took this horror movie over because. It the, the plot is completely different up until she gets into that motel. There's, uh, there's no indication that this is anything but a, a story about a woman who robs, you know, and then she, she's on the run from police. And right. next thing you know, it completely takes a left turn right off the page. And I love the setting too, like that motel that is, you know, down the hill from this creepy mansion where you can look through the window and see the dead mother, like sitting there, like the shadow of her. It's just perfect, and it's like out in the middle of nowhere. And 
it's just set up perfectly. Still on the back lot, I believe, at Universal in it California. Is. So yeah. What did you guys think of the Gus Van Sant shot for shot remake? Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, what's in, the point? The uh, Vince Vaughn is not a very scary person. I don't think. I mean, because you see him, he's just such a goof and like all domestic that stuff, disturbance. He tried to give you a, a role of a bad guy, and then in Psycho, I thought he he picked up some of the Anthony Perkins quirks, but. Maybe that was just the sweater vest but this is, or the uh, the, uh, the uh, turtleneck sweater. What a great study in, like, it doesn't – shot for shot doesn't matter. There's, like, a tone. There's, like, a, a – But why even try to do a shot for shot anything? That's a good well, point. Well, it almost seems like an exercise. He, he was no way he was going to be able to remake it differently. So it was almost – I actually kind of appreciated the fact that they tried to do it that way because it was almost a comparable – Like, we'll put it in color and, and then that'll be Yeah, different. and really the only two things that were, were different is uh, there's a scene where Norman's looking through the wall and you can f- hear – uh, Vaughn, you know, pleasuring himself to while watching yeah. through the through the wall. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's not maybe not the the best guy to be this scary guy. I mean, he, he plays a very bad football player in Rudy, so yeah, maybe yeah, a yeah. bad guy in this. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, not terrible as far as remakes go. I would say, but certainly, you know, nowhere on the level. Of the but original. in my mind, it's like if if you were to like put a drawing on a table that you did and it's really good, and then I traced it and held it up and said, "Look what I drew." I'd be like, "You didn't draw that." Yeah, I did. You know what <laughs> I mean? You know what I mean? So it's like. It's not the it's not the same thing. Like in my right. mind, it's now not the same I think thing. what it did at the very least was that movie. Correct me if I'm wrong. Came out in '98, so you're getting a new like a, a new wave. Like I probably saw that before I saw the original. To be honest, I you know when that came out, I probably saw that because that was at the point where I did start to watch horror movies and I, I loved Vince Vaughn. So I probably watched that. And then I said to myself, "All right, well I got to watch the original." And then even then, even after I'm already seeing it and sort of know knowing the twists, it was still better. Mm-hmm. It's still better to watch that. All right, number nine. Number nine is 1979's Alien. Which is crazy because, like, sorry to step on your funk here yeah, a little yeah. bit, but, like, the fact that this movie was made in 19, 1979 is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, this seems like it was yeah. made way later. Yeah. No, it, it does. Um, uh, the special effects, I mean, you've cut, this is a couple years after Star Wars, certainly a few years after, uh, maybe about 10 years after 2001 A Space Odyssey. But the space special effects are as good as anything you're going to see. Yeah. The uh, you know the film was based off H.R. Geiger's um, art, which was very um, kind of uh, it was it was certainly alien, but it was there was something about it that was like uh, very um, it, it involved it, it, it involved or intricate. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, and uh, they this is something that they took the story from characters that they saw in his drawings. Um, this is the first like real female hero in a scenario like this. Um, Sigourney Weaver playing the character of um, Ridley, right? She was great. Ripley. Uh, Ripley. 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 Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of Ridley Scott yeah. as the director. <laughs> um, and the scene of the alien popping out of the chest was a landmark uh, for special effects at the time. And they didn't tell the cast uh, what they were going to see pop out. They, they knew what the scene was about, but... The shock on that you see in the face is blood splatter that gets on the one girl. It's all real, and it all really happened in front of all of them. Um, the terror of having you basically to ingest something that's going to destroy you like that and then is almost like this rat living on your ship that you've got to figure out how to deal with, but then it multiply, you know, it becomes this huge alien. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. The scenes where they take almost like, like they do in Jaws with the uh, – with those uh, big uh, barrels, uh, using that beeper to follow yeah. as the thing's going around, and then turns turns around, it's right behind the guy. 
um, as he's crawling through the air ducts. Uh, just great, amazing stuff. And horrible, horrible, like like scary, scary the, monsters too. The face like the yeah. xenomorphs, yeah, the yeah. face oh my god, and real, stuff. real scary. Um, it just as a quick plug too, if you want to check out, uh, this is for the listeners, not you guys. There's a movie called, it's a documentary called Dark Star, and it's a uh, it's H.R. Uh, uh, Giger, the guy who does the, all the art for Alien and stuff. It's kind of like the story. He's and he died before the movie came out. So it's kind of like his the the end of his life, and he's talking about his art and how it came about and stuff like that. So if you want to check that out um, and get an understanding of how those were made, how the, the xenomorphs were made, it's actually a pretty fascinating story. So now most most of the movies on this list, this top ten list in particular, are are part of franchises, and they right. all kind of launch yeah. franchises. How do you guys feel about Alien? Uh, as, a, like, as a franchise, yeah. It's got the best sequel, maybe, of all time in movie history. I mean, Aliens, mm-hmm. that was James Cameron, is just an amazing. But, I mean, I would almost put that on the level of being more of a sci-fi adventure yeah, versus see, I, horror. That's not horror to me. But, yeah, I'm just right. saying just the Alien, because now they've, they've done the Prometheus and they had Alien Covenant. So, like, they've tried to get it going again. You know, say what you want about Alien 3 and Alien 4. Alien and all those Predator. All, all those yeah. ones. But I think these first two are – it's not for me. Like, we've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, like, I like other movies – Better. I, I I respect the Alien franchise, and I and I'm interested in them, and I'll watch them. I like others more. I mentioned last week, like the thing, I liked more than the first Alien. But I will say, Alien definitely belongs on the horror list. Where Aliens, more sci-fi, more, sci-fi and action. Like yeah. that, that's what more with that is not as scary. And that's uh, even, ca- even though there's more Cameron, of them. Though. That's yeah. Cameron, though, right? Yeah, that's right. More exactly. of a Cameron movie. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, I would I would absolutely agree that Aliens is more sci-fi. Alien is a, just like space horror. It is. It legit yeah. is. Yeah, and then the tagline, of course, uh, famous. You know, no one in space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, you know that. I mean, just in a creepy poster of that egg kind of opening. Which yeah. uh, Stranger Things? They had all those sort yeah. of knockoff or homages, yeah. and that alien one was uh, one of them. Number eight, A Nightmare on Elm Street, nineteen eighty four. Several people are hunted by a cruel serial killer who kills his victims in their dreams. While their survivors are trying to find the reason for being chosen, the murderer won't lose any chance to kill them as soon as they fall asleep. Again, it made falling asleep scary. I know. That's what I was going to say. It's like like showering. (laughs) Showering. The phone. Can't do anything. Can't watch TV. Answer the phone. Like, this was was so smart because this is... Again, Jaws, uh, as scary as it is, don't go in the water. Or Friday the Thirteenth, I don't go to camp, so like I'm, I'm, not, I'm fine. <laughs> like I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be okay here. These movies are taking all the fun out of my life. Yeah, all right. these different things, though, you can find a way to sort of avoid those situations. Like I'm not going to outer space, like or for Alien, but you're gonna go to sleep. Like you're absolutely gonna go to sleep. And the Freddy Krueger character, which has speaking of franchises, the guy's been in a million movies, and they've also sort of made him more and more cartoonish. Now, he still talks, which is unlike Jason and unlike Michael at the time. Like, these are, again, still the big three for horror villains, I think. Freddy would talk to you. He'd be kind of a smart ass, but it got crazier. Like, if you watch yeah. the first one, he's still to me a little bit darker. Like, the idea that he was a, a child killer, like a child yeah. like, rapist, even? Yeah. Something that's what they alluded. They never said it. They did it in the remake where they were talking about he yeah, was like a pedophile right. or something like that. But I like, think he was. And then that's why the parents. They burned him alive. Yeah. Like he was burned yeah. alive, and then he came back in, in their dreams, and he needed – this is in a lot of movies now, too, but like the fact that he needs your fear and your belief in him to sort of continue on. But you know the, the 
the fingers and the sweater, the hat, the face. Like yeah, it's I, all it's all great. Iconic sweater and your uh, one of your favorites in Scream where Wes Craven the, the principal looks out and the what was that noise? And the, the, the janitor. janitor has a sweater and he goes, Oh, it was just you, Fred. Just you, Fred. Yeah. It's Wes Craven yeah, yeah. out there with a bucket. That's pretty good. That is Wes Craven wearing the Fred. That's Wes Craven doing it. Yeah. yeah. Now, where do you guys put this horror franchise? I like it more than Friday the Thirteenth, but less than Halloween. That's spot if on. If I had to rank spot those on. three as yeah. far as the movies, and again, I think it's just there's a lot of these movies. Um, but what an awesome, awesome premise it's that like smart. Craven came up with. Like, you're afraid to go to bed. You know what I mean? And then like you see the kids like struggling to stay awake, taking and, caffeine like, pills, and like, they're like they're starting Stano. to see things when they're awake. With Johnny Depp with the half shirt and the TV in his yeah. bed, and the headphones. Yeah. yeah, John. That's right. Johnny Depp's first movie. Heather Langenkamp as Nancy is one of the great yep. sort of heroines or or scream queens or whatever you want to call it. She's one of the best characters going. I liked uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three. wasn't bad. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors with and Dawkin, the great song by Dawkin, I believe. Dream was the Warriors. we played it like last yeah, we October. Did. We yeah. played it. Yeah, and then uh, two was crap. Uh, four and five, I think, were, were pretty crap. Then they did New Nightmare, yeah, which was really good because they sort of did like the fourth Twisted wall it, yeah. thing where they're like, hey, Wes Craven, you're going to play Wes Craven. And Nancy, right. you're going to play – or Heather Langenkamp's going to play Heather Langenkamp and talk about these movies and how Freddy is actually impacting their lives. So that was good. And I even thought Freddy versus Jason was fun. Like they, I, it, they both get points for that. And it was a great was cross. I mean, it's it's dumb. Like We, yeah, right. we knew going into it's dumb. Yeah, but yeah. like – you still want it. You're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I want to see who wins. One, one of my favorite uh, was from The Simpsons would do the Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite ones, though, is the, the Nightmare on Elm Street send up. And the one where, uh, where Lisa's in the, or Bart's in the dream. And he's like, Lisa, wake me up if, I, if it looks like I'm in trouble. And then all of a sudden, Lisa shows up in the dream. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing? Are you supposed to, supposed to wake up? She goes, I'm not sleeping. I'm just resting my, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this is happening. This yeah. is what's next. That's good shit. All right, number seven. Number seven. And this, um, I'm going to preface this by saying, on the list of the all 50, this is my favorite horror movie. Um, and coming in at number seven, dreadfully low, and like your Scream. Dude, Scream was 25. I know, Scream was, true. was true. sickening. Uh, Somebody e- left that one off the list. Evil Dude. Dead 2. <laughs> yes. Now, in my life, I can remember where, like c- certain movies, I know exactly where I was when I was watching it the first time I saw it. And I remember seeing this movie for the first time. Um, I had seen Evil Dead. I actually saw Evil Dead, and then I saw Army of Darkness. Um, both Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell movies. Wow, but you saw two in the th- last? Third out of the uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. I saw Evil Dead, and then someone was like, well, Evil Dead 2 is basically the same. Th- it's They said basically, but literally it the same thing. It is a remake, yeah. yeah. It's a remake of Evil Dead, just with more budget. So I figured, all right, if I watch Evil Dead, then I don't have to see yeah, Evil like, Dead 2. Right. And then I just skip to Army of Darkness, which is fine. But then I watched Evil Dead 2, and I it blew me away. Like, how good of a horror movie this is. And again, one of the things that I, I love about movies like Evil Dead 2 is both comedy and horror both straddle this line of, like, they're ridiculous. And I remember people looking at me like, like I was nuts. The scene where Bruce Campbell, Ash, is cutting his own hand off with a chainsaw and saying, who's laughing now? Yeah. Like, as you're cutting your own hand. crazy. Like, it's yeah. nuts. And the whole thing with the, the deer on the wall. And Ooh, like, oh, the, the way nuts. Raimi shot it. And the I insanity, read. The insanity. The lunacy and the insanity of those scenes. It, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah. And, and I guess I read Bruce Campbell's book. And I guess they were in the woods. And it was like 110 degrees. And there was like no air conditioning, no fan. And yeah. it was just like awful. Like, awful shooting conditions. And that added to like. Oh, sure. Like, that sweat on him is real. Like, makeup running and the makeup looking all shitty was real because it was so hot that they yeah. couldn't fix it. 
And so just the and just the rigs that they used in in order to get those shots were it's stupid. Yeah. And and it makes you appreciate the movie, but the music in the movie, the way it's shot, uh Bruce Campbell is just so over the top and just so phenomenal to watch do this stuff because he has that such expressive face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's great. And he hasn't lost his step. If you watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, like he hasn't lost a step at all. Um, and it's it's just a such a fucking cool movie to watch. You know what's kind of crazy if you think about it, and for like horror fans, you know, you look at Anthony Perkins in Psycho and Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, and you're thinking these guys are incredible actors. Yeah. You're like, shouldn't they be in so many other things? And they really aren't. Like Bruce yeah. Campbell's done a few other things, and he had all those cameos in the Spider-Man movies because of Raimi, and then now Ash versus Evil Dead, which is the same character, but that TV show is great, and that's coming. Back, I think in February. Are you guys enjoying that show? I like it. I feel like it's just the same episode over and over and over, and it's so hard I've gotten to differentiate completely bored with it. You're bored with it? Well, it's just the same. It's, it's a lot of the same stuff. The you know, Necronomicon. Over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over Got to find the book. Got to find the book. Right. But I like the idea of, like, they have, you can, there's people who actually read it now. Right. And there's, like, those different descriptions of, like, different monsters and stuff. Like, I thought that was really cool, especially in the first season. So, but again, we're talking, I keep bringing this up, H.P. Lovecraft. The Necronomicon is yep. another right. thing Absolutely. of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Um, Evil Dead 2, it was funny when I first was introduced to it, it was that, remember it had the DVD or yep. even the VHS, but it was like enwrapped like the Necronomicon. Yeah, and yeah, like the, the special leather. edition one. I had that too. And like the rubbery one. So yep. like it, it unnerved me. I didn't want to have anything to do with it when <laughs> yeah. I was first getting back into like watching horror movies. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, it's so funny that it's exactly the opposite in my head of what, it just seemed like weird and it's, this is going to be super gory and all And it is in, in ways, but it's also so much fun. It's fun. Yeah, and and it's weird, it's creepy. It's, it is creepy. Like they're like there's the like scenes like the, the old the lady stairs. like yeah. poking a head up in the Come stairs. Up. Like I swallow your soul, you know. <laughs> or his girlfriend without a head uh, doing somersaults out oh, in, yeah. in the uh, yard. No, it's it's a, claymation weird. or whatever it was the yeah. animation yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. at the time. And uh, then it rolls right into Army of Darkness, which is like another oh, hilarious again. Not as much of a horror movie as like a sci-fi That's fantasy. That's on the comedy where it's, it's more comedy than it is. And I would say like sci-fi fantasy kind yes. of movie. Yes, yeah, so that was not on our list. Um, but but for a reason. Was. It was not yeah, that's omitted. Right. It was, yeah. right. All right, buck number six. Number six is Jaws. And I mean, really, from 1975, what hasn't already been said about Jaws? Okay. I think the, the biggest thing um, that we kind of struggle with even a little bit, it's still number six, was the fact that some people just don't even look at Jaws necessarily as a horror movie. Right. Um, but I tell you this, I stopped by uh, Rock and Shock a couple weeks ago when it was in Worcester, and I'm walking through, and there's Jaws stuff everywhere. And this is hardcore horror fans. So horror fans consider Jaws horror. Maybe non-horror fans, like my wife, who still walks around and goes, Hoppa, Hoppa, uh, aren't you watching? Um, stuff like that, like, don't consider it necessarily a horror movie. But really, it is. It's... What's more terrifying than the idea of going out swimming and having a shark come up from below and bite your legs off? Yeah. If, right. If people are, if it's going to make people afraid to go in the water. Like, I know people who even in lakes are, like, nervous about yep. swimming in a lake. You're like, you're in a goddamn lake. And they're like, I, I don't care. I can't see like, it. I, don't I can't know see my feet. Yeah. I don't know what's underneath there. And it could be something like that, like something that could, that could take you down. And so it scared so many people. So that's why I, I think it's a horror movie, too. Maybe not in the traditional sense. Again, so many different kind of monsters, or Buck mentioned like serial killers before. But in a way, I mean, I guess the, the Jaws himself is a bit of a serial killer. <laughs> yep. Uh, now, this is a franchise that is not done very well. No. Uh, the first movie was great. Yep. Great movie. After that, not as much. No. Pretty, pretty bad. What did you guys think of Jaws? Did you like any aspects of Jaws 2 or 3? I mean, clearly 4 was flaming dog shit. Was it the re- ja- the revenge? Jaws 4 with the revenge was yeah. just so horrible. Well, Except for maybe the banana the, boat scene. But two with the kid of, from The Last Starfighter? 
Yeah. Which I love that movie. <laughs> two had a lot of, well, two had a lot of the same cast at least. Yes. Right, so they brought almost everybody back, yeah. but um, uh, obviously Quentin didn't make it back. Yeah, um, but <laughs> but the in the in the premise behind two is not so bad. The, the catchphrase instead of uh, uh, open, what does he say? Say ah or whatever. It's, instead of smile, you son of a bitch. It's say ah. Yeah, you know because he bites the cable cord or whatever. I mean, like, how are you supposed to remake that anyway? The filming of it was a complete disaster. Check it. Check out the Jaws log, which Carl Gottlieb, who did uh, mm. the screenplay, uh, helped punch up the screenplay from Peter Benchley's novel. Um, the Jaws log is an amazing. You know, very short little book about how a movie is made and the difficulties that they're not anticipating. They they brought the actual shark in from California, special effects prop department, put it in the Atlantic Ocean off of Martha's Vineyard because the the sand beach was only or the w- sand underneath the water was only so high they could do these crane shots yeah, from, yeah. from far out. Oh, Spielberg yeah. didn't want to see anything in the background. Right. But what they didn't anticipate was boats that would be going by. That they had to wait <laughs> for them to go by. Also, that the salt water ate through the first like, three bruises. First thing that popped <laughs> you know in my I mean? head. So it's uh, just hilarious. In fact, when they were done shooting the orca, they just ran it aground and left it there. Just and, fucked this thing. And just for like years, <laughs> fans would come on the island. And they'd go take a big chunk of the orca out and take it home with them to the point where the finally the skeleton, whatever DPW came behind, <laughs> pull it, it away. Way. It's in like a dump somewhere. And a better shark movie than Deep Blue Sea, you think? Oh, uh, barely. Better? Just a little slightly better. Yeah. The acting is not as strong, yeah. but the, the movie itself is <laughs> oh, there we get. I watched it again after we did the podcast about Deep Blue Sea. It was great. The best <laughs> Samuel, Samuel Jackson Jackson's death. giving that monologue, and he's just like, and he just like dies. Like, after <laughs> <it's> <laughs> speech. It's like a big pump-up speech. Yeah, like we're done with this. Yeah. All right, let's now get into the top five horror movies of all time as voted on by the three of us. And I think the, these top five, you can just set your watch. To these five, these are they're hard to knock these guys off, and we have had a lot of, especially in the fifty through thirty-one episode. There's some good. It's a good time to be a horror fan now. Like there's a decent amount yep. from this year, from last year, the year before. So maybe there's going to be room for some of these to to move up. But these are all classics, and let's start out with number five, Night of the Living Dead, nineteen sixty-eight. There is a panic throughout the nation as the dead suddenly come back to life. The film follows a group of characters who barricade themselves in an old farmhouse in an attempt to remain safe from these flesh-eating monsters. Of course, George A. Romero and his first movie. This is really a first look at zombies. Now, they don't call them zombies nope. at any point. They say, like, those things. I think they refer to them as, like, The, the living dead, they call them a couple Maybe times. Maybe the living dead or, as well, yeah. like, during the news flashes or whatever else it is. And also the first time, and think about how many times this has been done, but of, like, people, like, dead people eating other people like that whole idea is again kind of commonplace now but that's from night of the living dead we mentioned how the walking dead stole stuff from 28 days later stole everything from night of the living dead and that's basically what it is the whole idea that the only way you can really kill a zombie is by like shooting it in the head or stabbing it through the head cutting its head off yeah Yeah. nothing else will do it It's, it's just that then this movie also it's kind of fascinating to think about you know despite you know the, the the zombies and the walking dead people all living in a house together then starting to turn on each other similar to like the thing yep. like where you get that but this apparently was unintended but the lead actor is Dwayne Jones who was a black guy and in 1968 the idea this was the first time that I believe a black actor was like the main character in a movie like this and he's in there. With all these, it's like all white people. Like everybody else is like a white person. So there was like a sneaky kind of element of like racism. Like there's a part where there's like all these different like white guys like shooting at 
at him. And it's just apparently none of that was intended. Like they just wanted to cast the role of Ben. And this is the guy that they felt they, was the best. They for said it. was the best actor. Yeah. And they're like, all right, this is the guy Com- we're going with. Completely revolutionary to have him take this lead role in the middle of the nineteen or the end of the nineteen sixties. Wild. Um, oh, completely uh, unconventional at the time. Now Romero was really just trying to make a grindhouse movie he could sell in New York, and yes. what he didn't even realize himself was he was making a completely subversive. Uh, story about the the struggles going on with the United States government, Vietnam, the way that uh, the police uh, forces were going on to places like Kent State right, and, right. and, and stuff, and um, in the horror that they were uh, having to absorb with that, the the scene where they're talking to the you know the the racist white sheriff or, or the guy who's basically rounding up this mob to go and just take these guys out. Uh, he says, uh, you know, asked by the reporter, what's going on here? And he's like, well, they're dead. They're all messed up. Um, <laughs> and so he talks about, you know, shoot him in the head. That's the only way to kill That's him, it. you know. Um, but as far as zombie movies go, the only thing that you can even reference prior to this was White Zombie from 1932, which was the Boris Karloff, or not Karloff, um, of course, it's, uh, you know, it's like Karloff, sidekick. Uh, <laughs> the guy who played Dracula. Um, oh, Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lugosi's film. Uh, where he has a guy controlled uh, mind control, and he's he calls him a zombie, um, but everything else stems from Night of the Living Dead, right. totally. And just a hell of a hybrid rap rock band from the '90s, that White Zombie. <laughs> you know? I, I I enjoyed their work. <laughs> I know you. I did. thought they were quite. I good. listened to it a lot. <laughs> I remember sitting in a room with you and being like, "Turn this shit off." Now, how about just the heartbreaking ending, though? Oh my God! Where not a know, happy ending in this where, film. Where, where Ben gets shot mistakenly by one of the hunters that is just trying to. They're trying to yep. eliminate them all. And this guy who's been your hero th- through the entire film is just disposed of like all the others on this pile of burning bodies. I mean, it's completely heartbreaking. Crazy. Yeah. No, it is. And that was one where I watched way after the fact. Again, like I said, I got sort of a late start into horror. This movie had been out forever. And I think it was one of those. I bought like uh, a group of. It was one of those ones that sometimes they have like more than one movie on a disc. Yeah, you remember yeah, those yeah, things yeah. that oh, you could yeah, buy yeah, them for like yeah. a value? So it'd be like. 500 horror movies or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's like public domain now, so it can be in those. I'm like, oh, look at this. Like, Night of the Living Dead. Like, there's a bunch of crap on there, but then there's some classics like this. I think Original House on Haunted Hill was in the same area. And so watching it, even, you know, as soon as like 10, 15 years ago, watching it, it still stands up, and it's really impressive. Number four. Number four. Um, For for me, for number four, um, this one was debatable whether it should be number one even because it's so iconic. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974, Toby Hooper's um, film that they did on a shoestring budget. I think it was like 40,000 or something like that for the entire budget for the film. It was shot in this um, really hot Texas home in which the, because they were using props of actual meat and um, dairy products, things like this, it was so it stunk so bad that between takes that the actors would go over to the cracked windows and just breathe in air, breathe Ugh. in air, and they, or they would have bags that they would throw up in. The dinner scene they did all in yep. one marathon day sh- of shooting. Disgusting. Just disgusting. completely disgusting. But if you, just to bring in the video game minute here, yes. uh, the most recent- the music? Resident Evil, no, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> the, most resident, the most recent Resident Evil, there's a scene with a family, and it's like, it's like that. Yeah. It's like the same thing where they have like the, like the- intestines and shit like all on the table and everything and it's just first person so you get to actually be in it yeah and there's a virtual did it anyway um 
But yeah, and it's like there's a virtual reality component to this game, so you can actually sit there with like that crazy oh, wow. fucking family and like have that dinner. Ugh. It's nuts. It, there's no smell, obviously. Yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten Not the technology. Smell o vision yet? We're on our way. <laughs> our way um, I feel like. But yeah, I mean, just a fucking horrific scene. Well, yeah, and it starts off and it's filmed. Um, first of all, I don't know if you know John Larroquette, the actor yep. from Stripes and from uh, Night Court. He does the voice over that talk. The movie starts with. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I had it here somewhere. Um, anyway, the film you're about to see is an accident, uh, an account of this tragedy which befell a group of five youths. So, I mean, you're hearing youths. about this. They they call yeah youths. Um, they called it a true story, but it was really just a marketing ploy. No, even that though, was great. But even though like parts of this are based off the real serial killer Ed Gein, yeah. who was also a psycho. Um, you know, they can trace things back from that story to from. Psycho yeah, he's inspired well. a lot of these guys, yes. right? He inspired most of them. Well, you're Mr. Uh, serial I killer. Do you obsessed with Mr. Gein I, for a while? I was impressed by Ed Gein. He had a, he had a lot <laughs> accomplished there. Uh, but no, but similar to Blair Witch Project from last episode, where the marketing campaign was so smart and so savvy, and so you could get away with it then about mm-hmm. how oh, it's found footage and that's that's what this is. And when you had no actors that nobody knew, you could get away with it. And for this. That extra little, based on a true story, especially in 1974 or whatever when this yeah. came out, you're like, okay, but must be a true story. Sure. And then you're watching it and just disgust. Like, this is, number one with a bullet for me, the I have to take a shower after I watch it movie. You know what's amazing? There's so little blood in it. Right. It's just the... It's called, the, and the scene at the end with him swinging the fucking chainsaw yeah. around. Like Leatherface. Yeah. Whatever it is, dance. Yeah. Where does Leatherface rank for you amongst the horror villains? Because to me, he's not even – he's, he's like, maybe fourth outside of that big three. Yeah, I mean, once you get out of the big three, you have you have a, a bunch yeah. that are kind of like the second tier. I think Leatherface, like, leads that group for me. Yeah. yeah I, the, uh, I would say if you had to do a Mount Rushmore, he's probably the fourth. Yeah, right. fair. Mount Rushmore horror villains. There's a great scene where uh, after he's killed the one guy with the, with the giant mallet, mm-hmm. and he's oh, just sitting, he's sitting in the room – and and they just do a close up of his face, and you just see like the wheels turning in his head, but you're not really sure what's going on. His teeth are all messed up. He's behind that skin yeah. mask oh. he's wearing. And then later in the movie, he's literally playing. It's like Psycho. He's dressed up as a female, supposed to be like a grandmother esque type, who's serving them dinner, and he's wearing like an apron. He's got lipstick on his face. Yeah, and Whoa. scary shit. You man. just you just wonder like. Looking Unsettling. at the betrayal, though, he doesn't. I don't even know that he never utters a word except for kind of grunts. Uh, but the idea of just this chainsaw, you know, the uh, Toby Hooper said that he came up with this idea while he was Christmas shopping um, to have you know, the chainsaw massacre part because he was he was so overwhelmed, like a Sears or whatever. He was in like the hardware aisle and he was just came up into his head like if I had to get out of here, what the hell would I do? And he goes, <laughs> well, I'd probably just take this chainsaw and just start walking through people. And, and, and that's where he came up with those. But the amazing thing about the story of this movie isn't even necessarily the horrible film conditions or, um, you know, the way it was made or shot or whatever. But the, the uh, post-production uh, was bought by a company that had mob ties. And so oh. the, the people that made the film didn't even make any money on it. Like, one of the actors literally got a check for $26 after spending, you know, whatever amount of weeks <laughs> doing out of a window this. And, yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, nice. the mob who had financed this sucker, and I guess it's the same mob family that had done Deep Throat, uh, <laughs> they, they had financed this, and they had basically taken all the money for themselves, and they got very little back. Um, except Hooper obviously got recognition yeah. as being this great director. You know what without question helps the movie is the title. I think it's the best title for a horror movie ever. I agree. Oh, yeah. certainly, like, you yeah. can't beat that. Like it's just it's so simple, but it, it's it says so much just with and I I, I think the um, like the reboot remake, 
I didn't hate it. I'll be honest. I no, didn't no, mind I didn't hate it. it. The one with um, Jessica Biel. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And, and you know, it's never going to be as grimy as the first one. But with uh, what the hell's his name? E- uh, Earl Eli Roth. No, uh, Haley. What the hell's his name? The guy from Full Haley Metal Joe Jacket. Osmond. No. <laughs> oh, Elroy Emery. El- Elroy Emery. El- Emery. Arlie Arl- Emery. Yeah. Arlie Emery. That, yeah. It was never going to get there. So that's definitely <laughs> the one. So, but he plays. He gives you a little something with just like how family, backwoods yeah. and horrible it is. But then they did even more. I think Jordana Brewster did one. And then they keep like trying to like one up themselves. They're like, well, this is the prequel to that. No, this is the prequel to that. And you're like, okay. And there is another one coming out. Whoever's got the rights to this, yeah, just, probably that uh, mob family. Is probably just they're churning now, these out. It was Texas Chainsaw. Was it Massacre Three that had Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger? And Renee Zellweger. Or was yeah, two, Renee three, Zellweger. or four? I think it was four. It was a new it, beginning. It, it, it was four, it was, yeah. like 1990. Yeah. It had McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely a good one. Number three, The Exorcist. Uh, hard to beat The Exorcist here. 1973s. When a girl is possessed by a mysterious entity. Her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her daughter. Now, it's funny. This movie, about two hours or so long, they don't even really get to or mention like the idea of an exorcism until about halfway through the movie. And then, then it really ramps up. Like this thing, it's, it's a slow burn, but there's a great payoff with it. Like you're taking your time, you're establishing the characters. You got Linda Blair as the daughter of Ellen Burstein, who's the actress. They're in Georgetown right now, and it's shot there in Georgetown. Yeah. So. Like, I've seen those stairs, and they're, like, unbelievable. Like, you can go up there, and, like, the whole, you know, a lot of the scenes around there, people have been to, and they, they definitely make it, like, a real thing. Exorcisms are also real. Like, there's different accounts of, like, real-life exorcisms. Yeah. But the stuff they show, and the stuff that when Linda Blair is possessed, and she says to, like, the priest, and, like, the different things is is incredible. Also, before she gets, like, the cut-up face, like, the Freddy Krueger face, and, like, the green throw-up and all that, there's one scene that she goes down there. Her mom's having, like, a party. It has, like, people over. And she goes down there into the thing. And, like, the guy that she's kind of seeing or whatever, she's looking at her. And she looks like a normal kid at this point. And she looks at the guy, uh, and she's like, you're going to die tonight. And then she pisses on the floor. And they're just like, what the fuck is going on with her? And then so they bring her up. Then they have to talk the priest into giving her an exorcism because that's not, like, really what they do. They need to get, like, all signed off. And then it's just, it's crazy. And also, sneaky, really scary about this is random little shots that they do. Yes. Of, like, demon heads. Of like, the stuff. guy's face, and like he's just, guy, like, and smiling like, and looking around. And it, but, like, it cuts the sound, and it's just, like, a just shot of that guy with, like, a black background and, like, yeah. his face. And then it cuts right away. And you're like, yeah. what, what What did I just see there? That and, was like, like, you, yeah, you that, have to convince yourself that you saw that. Like, right? Everybody else see that? And they, they don't make mention to it. It's got nothing really oh, – I mean, it has a lot to do with the movie, I guess. But it's not, like, connected. The characters don't see it. There's no reaction to it. Yeah. And you're like, I don't like this. And then this movie, of course, is famous for, in the theaters, people passing out, people throwing up, yeah. people losing their fucking minds. And I think the other thing that, that plays into this movie, the lore of this movie as well, is like all the shit that happened like after the movie. Yeah. Right? Or like yeah. during the filming. Like, wasn't some, oh, it was like, like curse. Some direct, yeah, some big like time. DP yeah. was shot like, it was like struck by lightning twice. Yeah. Like during the filming of it. Like, there it was, was like all crazy shit, shit that have, was yeah. happening. Like, someone died, like, right after the movie was made. Like, I have to look it up again, but, like... But there was a whole bunch of that stuff. A whole bunch. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like, cursed. Like, the production is cursed. Yeah. It, it, it's filmed so well, and it was uh, Frank... Um, who was it? Uh, Frank and... Uh, Frank and... William... Stein. Frank William... Stein. 
Yeah, it wasn't Stein. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was the producer. Um, but no, uh, Fr- Freakin. Freakin. William Freakin right, was the yeah, director. Yeah, he had yeah. done French Connection, and he brings a realism to this, and that's the same thing he yeah, did with that, French Connection, that it just makes it so believable. And it's a, re- you know, a real thing that people claim to have actually gone through. It's a yeah. real religious ceremony that... And again, we talked about a little, uh, two shows ago about the idea that just religion is so, can be so powerful and palpable in, in these films and in, oh, in, yeah. in, in, in today's society, even still. Um, the uh, part of, of Reagan played by um, Linda Blair. Linda Blair. Uh, she know, does a great job. Academy spitting, Award the nominating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the spitting. And it's funny. I think before I had seen The Exorcist, I had seen... It was like an old school SNL skit. I think it might have been Lorraine Newman might have been playing her, right? Yeah, Richard Pryor yeah, was the and priest. She had like, and she had like the fake puke like on her lips yeah. and she was like screaming at him and stuff. And so I'd seen that. So yeah. I was like trying to like prepare myself, I guess. So Instead I, of your mother sucks cocks in hell, <laughs> she said your mother so uh, sews socks that smell. And it was like, he's like, what are you talking about, mama? Yeah. It was like, so I saw that. And then that's one that is referenced all the time in everything. So, Exorcist number three. Now, what did you guys? It is number three. But what did you guys think of the, the following? Exorcist, the Heretic, Exorcist three. I think Exorcist three is a legit great horror movie. That's the one where George C. Scott comes and he's a detective. He confronts oh yeah, the I priest didn't mind that father, yeah. what's his face, in in jail. And then there's that one scene in the uh, in the sanatorium where it's like everything's going smoothly, and then you just see this being come across like almost like a dart right at like one of the nurses. Just a, a great jump scare. I never saw. Okay, we'll move on. Oh no! Other, <laughs> yeah. other, oh, the other one that I said—it's not connected to this—but the exorcism of Emily Rose, I actually thought was pretty good. That's yeah. what the one with uh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Deb, Carpenter. Yeah, Jennifer Carpenter, Deb from Dexter. Yeah, right. I don't watch Dexter. Uh, De- Dexter was good don't. the first couple of seasons. Don't. So. I'm not going to. I've, there's, you can't watch everything. Yeah. And there's too, there's too much good stuff out there. Uh, she's the worst character in that show, like by there far. Right. I won't get into it. But number two, yes. Uh, we've talked about this movie at length, um, but I still think we could do three podcasts on this movie and we still are just scratching the surface and that movie is The Shining Kubrick's The Shining I mean th- there's movies that have been made about this movie and even then like their shit is just so off the wall that like you want to hear like what's a room 237 the yes. documentary they that, made that documentary is pretty good well they well they start talking about something and then they kind of change the subject and I'm like no 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 like I want to know yeah, there's more what the there what's this shit with the moon landing like what are you talking yeah, yeah. about we never landed on the moon that's what the, the well I know is. I know yeah. this very in this very room that's a very sore subject correct not um, sore I just it never happened but that's facts fine. don't care about feelings right that's correct you know, that's, whatever <laughs> yes. um, but there's so much that went into this and the, and like the heat between King and Kubrick and with this whole thing and and how you know Stephen King's book is wildly different not wild. Why would you say wildly different in the movie, the, or just the the he tone of the movie? He didn't like the interpretation, I the, guess. Of it. No, he hated it. Yeah, it, it, it's wildly different, in just in the fact that um, it's this movie is Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's if you watch all, if you're a Stanley Kubrick fan, you watch his films about the way he does long tracking shots, about right. the lighting, about the way the room's set up. That so much of that is the story of this film that uh, just over uh, overwhelms whatever sense yeah, of yeah, the Stephen sure. King story this and is. And there's that, that stuff with like the architecture of the building. Like there's, They're in this room that shouldn't have a window that looks to the outside. Right. Or that shot with Danny riding the big wheel around, the, and they're like, dun, 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 dun. it has like that like repetitive sound of him. And it, there's no other sound of just him riding the, like the tricycle, the big right. wheel around the thing, and he comes upon those the twins. Right. And it's Scariest just the, part of the whole movie. That and like the, the woman coming out of the bathtub. Oh, God. Bathtub like, I'm like, girl. And, that's, and that was like being 12 and seeing that and being like, Nice. And then, like, not he nice. Ba- not and then he nice. Backs, like, no, no, no. You know, like, it was Don't just so that. scary, you know. And and I didn't know what I why I was scared. 
Yeah. But yeah. I just knew it was fucking but terrifying. Also, there's so many unanswered questions in this movie. Yeah. What's with the guy and the dog? I mean, that I guess that's part yep. of the Stephen King novel, that and then <laughs> the butler with the, the, the blood dripping from his head. Yep. It's a wonderful party, isn't it? Or Mr. Well, Grady. he killed his kids, right? right. Yeah, so, yeah. so the, the, all those things are kind of answered yeah. if you've read the book and you know. The, but they don't get answered in this movie. If right. you're watching it just for the movie, you have no clue. Like, or so the, guy, the guy in the bunny suit, like, or the bear suit, like. Blowing the other guy, getting a, right? Getting the like, what is that well, all no, about? Exactly, that's what I meant. Like the guy in like, the bear suit. And the thing. Like, what the hell is that? What yeah. ha- what's happening here? But Mister Mister Grady in the bathroom, where he talks oh about you know, you've always been the character. I used to joke that the, the Red Sox were so terrible before they finally won the World Series that yeah. every manager would be the guy going there. You've always been the Red Sox manager, <laughs> like because this will <laughs> be the same scenario and you yeah. just can't get out of it. Yeah. So what's why was he? Because he's in both photographs. Jack is, or is it like in my? There's that interpretation that like once you do this, like you become, like you enter the photograph, yeah, like you're part of the. Right. the it's band. You're there forever. It's yeah. bananas, but also the whole idea, and they do a great job of being like why you would have that uh, hotel, like that size, why nobody would be there. I'm like, right, like okay, it makes sense. All right, so they're in there, but how terrifying that is like a place you're unfamiliar with, and it's like an ultimate haunted house, like and it's that big. And then meanwhile, Jack Nicholson is terrifying in this. Uh, his wife is also scary just because she looks scary as shit. Shelly Duvall, yeah. She, 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 she was on Dr. Phil like a month ago. Oh, oh, she's still alive? Just barely. barely hanging on. Yeah. Like yeah. barely hanging on. And she is just like, there was there's stories of her like uh, Kubrick and Nicholson were so bad to her. Like during, during filming, like her hair started falling out. Oh, like during man. filming. Yeah, she was freaking out. She hated working on that hated film. Hated it. Because yeah. they were just like, Nicholson was just so in it, and Kubrick was just, just screaming at her. Trying to get screaming her, at her. Yeah. Like to get her on set. Like, oh, boy. It, yeah, just to get that out of her. Because she was in like Popeye. Yeah. With like Robin Williams. Like before that. It was that, olive oil. She was great. She was great. So they just that. cast her because what she looked like. And I think then, so. they, and then said, they realized she wasn't a good actress. I, and and like, I'm just, no, right. she's just really hard to look at. Yeah. Oh, that is scary. Yeah. Like the teeth. Like she's it's just all teeth. mostly the teeth, and then the eye, there's something with the eyes are off. Well, so mm-hmm. I yes, yeah, and, and talk about the kid. I met Danny uh, Lloyd, the actual oh, kid really? who plays Danny in the movie. I met him now, and he's like I don't know, he's probably just a little bit older than you know our age here. Uh, it, but he he told me because I asked him I was like what it's like. He's like to be honest, I could come up with all sorts of things, but I mean I was just a little kid. I don't really remember a lot of it. They kept it super positive. I never really realized what this movie was until I was uh, older. That, that yeah. makes sense. And yeah. and yeah, so he's like I was. It was a real shock to me that all that stuff was actually happening that they were filming because the stuff with like, me what wasn't a, you know. What am I like? You you think of like all these little kids in like, these horror movies. Like what a mind fuck it must be. Yeah. Like yeah, like, like you don't do you get see to it. see the movie. No, you don't and see then it, you it in post it until like you're in your teens. I'm presuming, and you're like wow, I was in that like. There's that story of the kid who was in Troll 2, who, like, he was so excited to be in a movie, and he was, like, so excited to shoot it, and then they got the movie, and he watched it, and he cried. He's like, what, He's like, what is this? Yeah. What about Scatman Crothers in this? Oh, fantastic. And the paintings, he has a, a one oh, yeah. over his bed, and then one over his TV. The velvet paintings. Oh, he's yeah. fantastic. He's messing around. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of the great, again, going back to that Simpsons, the, ho- the House of Horrors. The uh, Shinning. The, the Shinning episode, where he goes... <laughs> right. Smithers goes, he goes, oh, we got all the beer and we turned off the cable. And he goes, you think maybe this is the reason the previous caretakers went nuts? And then Mr. Burns goes, well, if we get back and everyone's slaughtered, I owe you a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> if I had not seen that first, this movie would have messed me yeah. up more. Yeah. Like, I at least, yeah. I, and it, skills, it still scared me. And it's one of the, I would say, the three scariest movies I've ever seen. But I always had that to go back to. I had like, give me the Bat Marge, give me the Bat Marge. <laughs> like I still had that in my head. So no, I was able be, to... no, no work, no beer makes Homer something. something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> All right, so... I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you take this one. My name's on it, but I'm gonna let you take it. Well, number one, as you can probably imagine, at this point, as we're counting down the top 50 horror movies, number one. Let's not overthink it. Ernest goes to camp. 
Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> or no, Ernest, Ernest scared, scared stupid. stupid. Yeah, stupid. That scared stupid even better. Yeah. <laughs> Miak. Uh, Halloween, obviously, and you mentioned child actors. The uh, the girl in that actually is in Real Housewives of uh, oh, what is it, Beverly Hills or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The show my wife watches, and uh, she was like a child actress then. She was in Halloween, but this is, of course Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Myers, the soundtrack, John Carpenter, uh, Donald Pleasance. Like everything about this movie is it, like this is a great movie. Like what blew me away. Again, I sort of told you my history with horror movies. So I saw Scream first and then some of these other ones. So I was late to the game with Halloween. And I was just, you know, I would heard about Michael Myers and that it was, like, it was good. And you're like, okay. But then you, I watched it and it blew you away on, like, just how good, like, the story was, how good everything about it was. Like, this, this stacks up there as not just a good horror movie, but it's a tremendous movie with good scares and maybe the most iconic character ever from any of these movies. And I think it's the what's scary about it is like you know Freddy is very campy, yeah. You know Jason is you know this big lumbering like imposing figure that like you know it was just like a brute. You know what I mean? And this, there was this weird stoicism to Michael Myers who like never ran, never like jumped at anybody, but it was just there. Didn't need to. He didn't need to. Yeah. He was just and unstoppable. Right. Right. Like you could not do anything. To, like you couldn't the hold under- up his mom's sweater to slow him down. The like, Undertaker just, sit up. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that uh, came from him. Yeah, right, exa- exactly. Now, and this is a franchise that I think has um, highs like this, and then some extreme lows, like some absolute crap movies. But overall, I actually like the franchise. Now, I know they've done two different timelines. Like, they they did one, two, and then H2O, and then I think just they're bringing fa- it back again. And I was going to mention, just the fact that they called the 20th anniversary of the movie H2O is it's just the stupidest fucking thing is ever. dumb. And then yeah. three, of course, is its own thing altogether, because John Carpenter was hoping to do like an anthology series. And so Season of the Witch doesn't even have Michael Myers, so people hate that, and that's fine. I don't like it either. Four and five, I actually kind of liked. Uh, it was a, it, That was sort of playing off of one and two at the time anyway. Six was garbage. Six, they couldn't get out of their own way. There must have been so many reshoots and rewrites. They bring back like a young um, Tommy Jarvis, and it's uh, Paul Rudd. Oh, it's, no, Tommy Jarvis. No, Tommy Jarvis. Who the hell am I thinking of? I don't know. Tommy Jarvis Son is of a bitch. Corey Feldman. Uh, that's in Friday the 13th. Who am I th- yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. But he comes back as Paul Rudd in the sixth one. And then you get you know later on with H2O, which actually wasn't bad. But then I didn't like that they were resetting things because I like the Daniel Harris character a right. lot. From Halloween Four, uh, and then Rob Zombie does his remakes, and he and there's too much backstory. I guess yeah. Where do you guys stand on Michael Myers? Does he need to be related to Laurie Stro- Stroud? Stroud? Or not? I thought I thought that was a good reveal when like you know what I mean. But like like you said, I think there was too much exposition in the zombie one, the yeah. Rob Zombie one, where it was just like he was this troubled kid, and you know what are we gonna do with Michael, and like yeah. all this stuff. That was a little too much. I I loved what has always sold for me with Halloween is the mystique. Of Michael Myers, where you don't really know what his motivation is. You don't really know. You know what I mean? So he's just kind of there. I think Halloween is... Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle. That's what I was thinking of. Tommy Doyle. Halloween is, I think, the perfect horror movie. It's shot perfectly. Everything point for point, move for move, is exactly where it needs to be. Um, I don't... I think it kind of suffers from the Empire Strikes Back syndrome, where you had to make a family connection to deepen the story or have have a little bit of a shock there. Um, It was completely unnecessary. I love the the idea that some of these horror movies, like The Shining, are so ambiguous as to what Mm -hmm. we're actually... Uh, you know, we kind of try and make your own conclusions or, or sometimes the scariest thing about a serial killer or whatever is they don't really have a reason. Right. And that's why uh, we the movie we 
talked about tangentially, but like it's an okay movie, but like Hush, the movie Hush, mm-hmm. like why that works is because like the guy just shows up. You have no idea why he's attacking this girl. Right. Like he's just there, you know. And I think that's like the like, strangers. Is not, another one that's like that. what's scarier than something? Nothing. Nothing. That's what what's scarier than motivation? Did. No motivation. Oh boy, why did you put it that way? You know what I mean. And so I said before, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be the best title for a horror movie. Also hard to beat Halloween. Hard to beat Halloween. Hard to beat yeah. that when you take that holiday, which it had not been done yet to that point. There was no movie called Halloween, which seems like a miss. Yeah. And yeah. they just sort of took that. Uh, a lot of great stories about how low budget this was and how they were able to turn this into something. Uh, then three years later, they have the sequel, which takes place like that night. And I, I think ha- Halloween 2 is It's like Rocky 2. They go right into the next movie. Right the next I, movie. I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it. In fact... Uh, for people who enjoy uh, topless women, I would say Halloween Two. That nurse in the Steals maybe the wow wow maybe the best topless scene in a film. <laughs> I swear it's very it, people don't mention it, but go back and watch Halloween. Go ahead and pause it and Google it, folks. If that's something you're into. Any any final thoughts on Halloween? It's a very good it's a very good horror movie. It's do, number do, one. Do, 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 do. I mean, John Carpenter wrote that. He wrote that the theme, you know, which by the way is eerily similar to the Exorcist theme. It Listen is. to the Exorcist theme and tell me it's not the Halloween theme. Well, then I just no, I, it's, it's got its own twist. It's like it's like Vanilla Ice being like, theirs goes ding 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 do do ding do. Ours goes ding 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 do do ding do. Yeah, you see that? You see that? It's that. That's what makes it different. No, but then I I tweeted at you that Trent Reznor I saw that. did a remix of it. It's actually it's like seven minutes long. It's pretty long. It's good though. It's, it's obviously good. really good. So ten through one. Psycho, number nine, Alien, number eight, A Nightmare on Elm Street, number seven, Evil Dead 2, number six, Jaws, number five, Night of the Living Dead, four, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, three, The Exorcist, two, The Shining, one, Halloween. All right, ones that didn't make the list that were on your list, give me two, three, four, five, whatever you guys have, um, what should have been on this list? I'm going to give you a couple, and and then I'll give you a a fun one. So... um, one movie that I really enjoyed is a pretty recent movie is You're Next, uh, where the, fa- the family goes to, like, it's a uh, like family's together for a weekend, pretty well-off family, and then yeah. there's these three mysterious killers who just – some awesome deaths in this movie. I won't give it away if you haven't seen it. Um, I will say, though, that the one drawback I've – and it's funny I say that, that the one drawback that I have with this movie is probably the most impractical weapon in all of movie history is the crossbow. Yeah. Um. You see it in The Walking Dead. You see it in this movie. I don't think people realize how difficult it is to load and reload. You be pretty strong, and you have to like step on it and like to load a crossbow bolt. Like takes a lot of it's like effort. A fucking bear trap. It's the most impractical thing you you'll yeah. ever use in, in in whatever. So, yeah. but it's a good enough it's a good enough one that it should it's uh, should be mentioned. The other one, uh, Funny Games. We didn't mention um, on this list, but I. As, you, as we've picked up in these last three episodes, like my inclination is to more like the unsettling horror. Like yeah. that's what I find scary is stuff that's like, it's just really creepy. Um, in this one, there's a family who is staying at this house, and the very first scene, they're like they're they're playing this game. It's uh, um, uh, the there's two versions of this. There's the like the Swedish version, and then there's the American one. And they're shot for shot. It's the same director, and it's shot for shot. It's just in a, literally in a different language. It's shot in the same place, same shots. It's just this one's a Naomi different Watts. language. It's Naomi Watts and um, Michael Pitt. Yeah, and uh, there's this weird scene in the beginning where the families. It's like this nuclear family. They're r- driving in their, like their Range Rover, and the father's like, "Oh, like can you guess this song to the kid in the back?" And it's like some like classical song, and he's like trying to guess it. And he's like, "What about this one?" And he turns it, and it's like this 
hardcore like punk music and you're just like what the fuck is going like what is going on and then that's that's the start of the movie and then you wind up getting like upset because like you're watching this movie and like the the villains like one of them gets one of them dies and then the guy, one of the other guys looks and he's like nah that's not how we're going to do this and he rewinds it and so what? like they want to be, and you so they break the fourth wall and you're like what the fuck yeah. like you know you get like mad right. at the movie yeah you can't do this you think you could do that yeah. and then it, it, the the payoff is, is is great but it's just like a really really unsettling yeah it is movie. I went back and watched it yeah yeah uh, the the other I promised you I'd bring this up uh, Dog Soldiers is probably one of my favorite werewolf movies yep uh, it's a, a story of like a Scottish um, special forces unit who's on like it's like their weekend like maneuvers like the territorial army like they're just like out practicing as army guys are wont to do and they just happen sure. to ha- happen upon like this this house and these people who are like being terrorized by these werewolves um good twist at the end like kind of a cool werewolf story um i really enjoy it. it's one of the ones i'll just throw on like from time to time and yeah. just watch it um so it's pretty good and the last one i wanted to bring up is a really fun one, and I'm going to set the table for you guys. It's not a Sam Raimi movie, but it should be because Bruce Campbell's in it. Uh, it's called Bubba Hotep. Oh Have yeah, you seen Bubba Hotep. <laughs> oh, that's not Sam Raimi. It's not. Oh, okay. so I think he produced it or something, but like he didn't direct it and didn't write it. So the story is Bruce Campbell is playing an aging Elvis Presley who didn't die. He traded places with the world's best Elvis impersonator, and <laughs> right, then right. that guy died, and then no one believed him, so he couldn't go back to being Elvis. Right. Yeah. So he's actually <laughs> Elvis remember, yeah. in a nursing home, and Weird. he has to fight off this mummy right. with um, John F. Kennedy, who is played by Ozzie Davis. And they who, put and his brain into Yeah, who Ozzie Davis is an old black guy. Who claiming he's John F. Kennedy, and turns out he actually is John F. Kennedy. Oh, they put a, they put his brain in someone else. Yeah, it's tremendous. It's like again, the most ridiculous him, yeah. thing, but the, you have all old Elvis and uh, black John <laughs> F. Kennedy fighting uh, a mummy in a nursing home. He's stealing the souls out of like the life essence out of like all these old people. Right? It's stupid, <laughs> stupid movie, but so good and like so funny. Those are mine. Nice, Buck. What do you got? All right. So uh, for my uh, omissions here, uh, I have the Wicker Man. Um, the Wicker Man. Uh, I felt. And I'm talking about the original, not the terrible Nicholas Cage oh remake. God. It just again reinforces uh, if you get enough people to be able to believe in you know, the psych- psychosis of whatever your religion is, uh, terrible, terrible things can happen. This guy ends up caught on like an island. He gets put into a large wicker man and literally burned to death. And it's so terrifying because he's being it's being done because the island feels like they need a sacrifice. Right. The, the townspeople right. want to use this guy. He's supposed to be. He's like a fifty five year old virgin, by the way. Which is odd. How you even figure that out or learn that is very odd. But the guy's super religious. He's never been married. And when he's burning, instead of screaming for terror, he just starts praying. And that's so unsettling, it makes the movie. Yeah. Um, I also have Return of the Living Dead. This one's just super fun. You know, you think about zombies, and the first thing you think of is brains, right? Well, brains actually came from Return of the Living Dead. It didn't come from any of the Romero stuff. This was, um, you know, it was almost set like it was a sequel, but it's just like a super fun sequel. There's the the naked striptease on top of a uh, on top of the the tombstone in the graveyard. There's the uh, the situation with the paramedics. You know, the, the one of the zombies grabs the microphone and they said, uh, you know, this is uh, whatever the police. What do you need? And the guy goes, send more paramedics because he's eating the paramedics. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it's just so much fun. Return of the Living Dead, um, American Nightmare is a documentary that I absolutely loved. It was an IFC documentary that you can get 
Uh, it's probably on Netflix or something. I but think it is on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, they just basically interview all the uh, directors from the really the the golden age of horror, which is the late sixties, early seventies, and it's Carpenter, Hooper, Romero, Landis, Craven, Cronenberg. Uh, they're all in there, and they basically talk about the effects that the society of the 60s in the vietnam war had on their filmmaking and sometimes not even realizing it like romero so definitely check out that documentary american nightmare and then my last two were uh, basket case which is just so, is much, so, fun. Yeah, it's fucking it's crazy just so much fun uh it's the guy this guy who's, who's got his brother basically in a picnic basket and yep. he carries him around he's like staying at a motel but the brother who's like this mutant thing it's just perpetually horny yeah and he's always like crawling through <laughs> you know doors in the middle of the night and gr- groping on these women um so it's just hilarious and then eli roth's hostile uh, I mean, it's torture porn, absolutely. Yeah. But the first half of it is probably the the every guy's fantasy. The second half of the movie is every guy's nightmare. Do right? you? I mean, do you get the sense that like Eli Roth is just like he's working some shit out in these movies, it like that? Be. And that's that's what's like the worst part of like him and Tarantino. I'm like, are they yeah. like, working some shit out right now? And then yeah. they're, those guys you know? are friends. And yeah, so they probably talk to each other about this different stuff. Yeah, no, Hostel, Hostel, I, I did not mind at all. Uh, my list of omissions here, I got Black Christmas. The original, you know, just a, a guy stalking a sorority, and I think it's it's pretty simple, pretty scary. The remake is horrible. They did a good job of casting a bunch of hot chicks, but the movie itself is really bad. When a Stranger Calls, again, a guy stalking a babysitter, but the nice twist here, unlike Michael Myers, who doesn't say anything, you know, this guy's making phone calls. And it, just the whole, the whole the calls coming from inside the house, you know, that's from yeah, this right. movie, and that alone is scary. Again, another bad remake. They remade both of these around the same time. Remake was not as good. It did star Camilla Beale, who is smoking hot, or Belle. She went out with Tim Tebow, I think, at one point. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I also liked Alice Sweet Alice. We had talked about that before. Brooke Shields was in that movie. Top five mask of all time. That you know that like like that. Uh, how would you describe that? Like brush finish or whatever it is with like. The face, sort of like a makeup on it kind of face, like a yeah. plastic Real mask. thin plastic, yeah. Thin plastic. That's scary. I don't care for that. And The Vanishing, which I would say is a top five ending to a horror movie. Uh, they remade it in America. It's not as good. They kind of, the ending is not as strong as the, I don't know if it was like a Swedish version or whatever, but I would check out The Vanishing. So th- those are, uh, that's our top 50, and those are the ones that just missed the cut. Let us know which ones either are ranked poorly or that we missed altogether at Dork Podcast on Twitter and dorkpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. If you want to get a hold of just Uncle Buck, you can do so how? Uh, my phone number. Oh, no. Uh, w, <laughs> Uncle Buck W-E-E-I on Twitter is probably safer to give that out. Yeah. Yes. I Not like so. a – yeah. Good thing we don't have, like, Tinder profiles or anything like that. <laughs> and right? then check out the Boston Sports 101 podcast on the W-E-E-I family of podcasts. You can subscribe to that. Davey, what about you? Uh, people can find me at R Von D. I won't be as hostile this episode as I was last one. You were really not kind of nasty last episode. I know. i got to be nice. You're in a better to mood our, today. Our constituencies. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a better mood today. Um, despite the fact that it's minutes it's from the when same we did. It's the same goddamn day. day. We're, see, we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to lie to you. We're time stamping it. Um, I, I changed my clothes for this. Well, yeah. that's very nice. Well, that. Buck did do a costume change. You guys didn't see it, but he did have a costume change. Um, at Arvon D on all social media, um, we have some plans in the works to do some live streams on Twitch, um, planned Friday the 13th and the new Overwatch Halloween thing. So um, look out for those. And, Davey, uh, we neglected to do this last week, but usually you do a pretty good job of warning people of certain things, whether it happens to be asbestos, mold. I know a couple weeks ago it was ticks and the in- incoming tick season. Just things to kind of keep an eye out for. 
I mean, I mean, there's so many yeah. these days. You know what I mean? Um, I will give you a nice little household tip. Great. All right. You break a glass in your kitchen. All We've right? all it been happens. there. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. And you know, it's no you one's go fault. through it's nobody's fault. You know, you, accidents will happen. If you find that it, it did really did shatter, what I want you to do is I want you to go in the bread box. Okay. Get a piece of bread. And that's a a good way to get those little those little uh little tiny the fine pieces, pieces? Little the real, because okay. the broom's not going to get it. No, they'll go right over it. They'll go right over it, especially if you have a tile floor with a little bit of grooves. So drop bread down? No, just take a little piece of bread and you just you just push it down pat real it, nice like that. Pat and it, pat and it. then put it back in the loaf. I've done it. Um, <laughs> you, you can do that. And I will say, you know, the, the common cold is going around, Richard. You've been affected sure by this. We all have. Let's wash our hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? A good antibacterial soap. I don't know if you want to go full sanitation because that you're killing all right. the back, the good bacteria, right. as the kids say. Yes. And give me a good 15, 20 Mississippi in there, too, when yeah. you're doing that. Not and just warm a, 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 to Z. a to Z. A to Z. And as hot as you can stand it. Cold water is not going to get her done. Uh, no. It's yep. just going to actually multiply the exactly. germs. With so the as hot as you can stand it, get in there for a good 15 seconds. All right. That's great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. on. How- oh, n- by the way, next week. Stranger Things Season 2, so watch it quickly because we're not wasting any time because we got Thor coming out the following oh, week. Jesus, so we got to watch Stranger Things. It's nine episodes. Start watching it right now because next week we're talking Stranger Things Season 2.